And what it really did was calm my mind in a way so I can actually take a step back and look at what was happening objectively within myself and within the world. And, you know, again, my energy was way up because just when you're eating foods that produce less metabolic waste and your body doesn't have to spend as much energy digesting food, you're just going to have more energy in general. Welcome to the Vegan Manly Man Podcast. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening. My name is Jake Singer and I'm your host for the Vegan Manly Man Podcast, the show where we talk about self-growth, plant-based living, and sharing the message of love, compassion, and peace for all beings. On today's show, we're getting to the raw and honest truth. My guest is a former collegiate basketball player who stumbled upon the vegan lifestyle after watching the video, Best Speech You Will Ever Hear by Gary Urofsky. Shortly after, he transitioned into a raw fruitarian diet, which allowed him to heal from years of chronic pain and open his mind to a new outlook on health, spirituality, and the planet. He is a health and lifestyle coach with a passion for helping others through the power of plants. I've been lucky enough to sit down and talk with him before he embarks on an amazing backpacking trip through Southeast Asia. So please welcome to the show, Dave Windsor. Hey man, thanks Jake. Thanks for having me. I know we ran in, when I was in Pittsburgh, we ran into each other a few times at the gym. Uh, but it's good to talk and, you know, share my story a little bit more and um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm glad to have you on the show. I'm actually really excited about this episode because raw vegan, especially fruitarian, is something that I'm limited in my knowledge about, uh, as I'm sure are many others. But yeah, just to give the listeners a, a little backstory, uh, Dave and I met at the gym because I saw he was wearing a vegan t-shirt, so I forced him to be my friend, and that brings us <laughs> to uh, recording this podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was uh, that was definitely fun. And, you know, the short time we knew each other while I was in Pittsburgh, you know, we had great conversations. So I'm glad we're able to keep in touch and talk more. Yeah, absolutely, man. Agreed. So I like to start off my shows by uh, asking my guests a deeper question and then diving more into your story to find out how you came to that answer. So what is your mission statement for life? What do you want your legacy to be? My mission statement is um, to always be true to yourself. And basically, my legacy, I just want others to be inspired by that so that they're being true to themselves. doesn't necessarily mean living exactly the way I live and how I go about things, but doing what works for them, what is true to them and makes them happy and uh, healthy. Awesome, man. I, I definitely vibe with that 100%. And I say this on every podcast episode I've done so far. But it really seems to be that the common theme um, for everyone that I've interviewed has been that is to kind of inspire people to find their own happiness and, and live their their true life uh, and, and be their true self. So that's awesome. It definitely. I mean, what, what else is there to, to do? You know, that's that's <laughs> the baseline for sure. Everything stems from that point. So cool, man. So I want to understand a little bit more about your upbringing and what your journey was like becoming the person you are today. So. Let's take it way back and tell me a little bit about how you grew up and, and how you uh, came to be the person you are today. Okay, so, I mean, I, I grew up in Maryland, a suburban town in Maryland. And, um, you know, I had both my parents and my sister, and we just, you know, just your typical, you know, American family where, you know, eating just normal food. My mom's from the Philippines originally, so sometimes we had Filipino food, which was very 
chicken or pork based and, uh, you know, rice and vegetables, of course. And then, you know, I just had normal American foods, you know, occasional fast food. We were never like super unhealthy. You know, my parents always made sure I eat my vegetables and you know, maybe eat some fruit. Um, but yeah, eating wise, it was it was very standard. And then I played basketball. I got into basketball very young and that took up a lot of my childhood, which I took that very seriously playing, um, you know, AAU basketball and, you know, training all the time, almost playing every day. Um, played for a really well-known high school that has a really good program, um, Mount St. Joe, which is in Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland. And um, Okay, yeah, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, so, you know, basically I was always active and I was just always, um, you know, I was eating food. My parents always made sure I ate good. I always had a plate at the dinner table. Um, and, you know, I eventually got a scholarship to play college basketball as well. And that's when I really started, once I got into college, that's when I really looked into, you know, what I was eating more. Cause you know, I was, when I got into college, I was probably around 5'10", 5'11", height wise, um, small kid. I was still small, I was still real young. Um, so after my first year of college, I needed to put on weight and I started growing too. So I grew up like a couple more inches and got to the height I am now, around six one. Uh, so I was growing into like you know my man body, and you know I started lifting harder too. So I started. That's when I really started. Okay, I got to start eating a lot more. And you know normally when you think of an athlete, you know we think we got to eat just a, a ton of protein. Like that's the only thing you should worry about. You know how much protein are you getting? So that's the only thing I was really counting. You know I was eating a ton of food. Um, really didn't have to worry about like being overweight just because you know this is my normal build i have a pretty athletic build and i was real active playing high level college basketball and um so i was just looking at the protein i was getting like you know 170 180 grams of protein in a day right <laughs> which is wow that's that's a lot thinking about it now. is yeah even for an athlete right uh, or you know so you know i put on a lot of weight muscle like around my sophomore year and then I was just in college. I battled a lot of nagging injuries. Like I'd always sprained my ankle. Uh, I had trouble with some back and hip stuff as well, and actually broke my wrist a couple of times too. So um, I had those injuries throughout. And at that time, I really didn't see any connection between you know what I was eating and maybe some of the pains and being more susceptible to injuries uh, was having on me. Um, so. You know, I had a pretty good college career playing basketball. Then after that, I coached, too, at the same school. I was a graduate assistant coach. I was getting my master's degree and um, coaching basketball, which is great because, you know, I love basketball and I just kind of wanted to stay around it. And, you know, from that point on, I had a little more free time. I was able to have my own apartment. I was making my own money and having my own kitchen. So that's when I really started um, looking into what I wanted to eat and like, cause I was able to buy my own groceries finally right. instead of eating, you know, from a cafeteria, eating the cat food, which is terrible at any institution, uh, pretty <laughs> yeah, much. Honestly. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I started experimenting with stuff and, you know, I, tr I tried all the types of diets like, you know, paleo and, uh, low carb and, and I basically, I got to the point where, okay, I was just going to just buy organic stuff because my parents, um, especially when I started getting a little older in high school and college, they also started getting into 
buying all the organic foods, even if it was meat, even if it was like grass fed beef or right. uh, free, free range chickens or right. any of that. So I had I a little, same, yep. right. I had a little bit of consciousness when it came to what I was eating. Like, okay, it definitely makes sense to buy organic stuff instead of stuff that wasn't organic. So, um, I started getting into that, but I still, it was something just in the back of my mind or something deep inside of me that's really wanting to find a, like, like the perfect diet or just something that's just like, there's something that has to be so abundant in fresh food and just made you just feel amazing. And basically, so I started doing some of that and basically I ran what really sparked a change in my life was it was after a basketball tournament. It was like in Ohio, in Ohio and you know, the coaches, we hung out with this bus driver a lot of the trip. Um, so great guy. Um, and he basically changed my life. So just the whole time I was, um, you know, we we're just conversating, uh, conversing with the bus driver. And by the end of the trip, he noticed that, like, I was always smiling. I always had the smile on my face. <laughs> and um, he was like, this is the best compliment I ever received to this day. And he was like, um, you know, Dave, that, that smile that comes so easily to you. Uh, that comes from Pierre, and he was pointing to my heart. And I was like, oh, wow. And it just, at that moment, it didn't feel as though I was as happy as the way I looked. So that really kind of sparked that that awareness. Like, okay, I mean, yeah, he sees it in me, but I'm not really seeing it in myself in that sense. So that's when I really dug deeper into nutrition. Because, you know, you always hear, you know, you eat good, you feel good. And again, I still wanted to find that that perfect diet that like made me feel just amazing in all right. ways. And, and this was like compounding from when you first went to college and were interested in nutrition because you were an athlete at that time, and then it just kind of just kept growing from there. Or? Yeah, basically, basically. I mean, it was, it was on and off. I was, you know, I was, I was partying hard in college too, so it wasn't like I was crazy about nutrition. I just wanted to put on some muscle just because right. I started getting bumped around. <laughs> when I was playing, I, you know, and, and honestly, my senior year of playing basketball, I was like really strong, like, you know, probably the strongest um, I was in my life just because I was a high level athlete and I just put so much work into my body. But usually with just weight room stuff and just making sure I was eating a lot of food. It right. wasn't like I was not the way I take care of my body now. It's totally different. Right. Um, so, you know, back to the bus driver. So I came away and I was like, okay, now that's when I got the realization that I needed to work on uh, self-development or just start looking within. And so basically I eventually kept trying different diets and see what, see what felt great for me. Um, and I came across veganism and I was like, oh, this might be interesting. Like, I mean, I like meat and all this stuff, but again, I'm, I'm down to try anything. So basically, I was, I was like on and off. I was looking into the research, um, more so nutrition-wise, and like it just didn't click with me almost. It really didn't like make sense. Like you see so much contradicting information. Right. Uh, so I really couldn't make the connection at that point. But like I was still interested. So I was just like back and forth for like a month or two. And then I eventually, uh, but like I'm the kind of guy like, when I get interested in something, like I want to research it completely. 
So everything, yeah. Yeah. So I started researching. It, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I started researching the the ethical side too, you know, the when the animals come into play and also the environment. And then like you introduced, like I came across the best piece you'll ever hear by Gary Urofsky. And that just really just clicked with me. I was like, oh, like you really don't have to eat animals. Um, and I wasn't really necessarily like the biggest animal lover. Like I never really had pets growing up. And, um, you know, if I see, you know, a dog that I like, I'll, I'll play with someone's dog, but I'm not like your typical American who's obsessed with dogs, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is no problem with that. I love dogs. Um, especially more. No, but yeah, I know what you mean. You're not, you weren't putting any like bumper stickers on the back of your car or anything like that. <laughs> right. Um, but what really connected to was that speech and like, okay, like it just makes sense. Like, even if you aren't obsessed with animals, like it's still made sense not to eat them if you didn't have to or cause them harm if you didn't have to. And then also the connection with the, you know, environment and deforestation when it came to a lot of exotic animals, that's what really hit home with me when I realized that, um, you know, cause I love like the tigers and elephants and lions. I love the exotic animals. Right. So, so you realized once, it was on more on a global scale rather than, Oh, I'm just helping out these, you know, chickens, cows and, and pigs. Right. And I, and I'm, you know, how usually like vegans make the connection like, Oh, if I wouldn't eat my dog or cause harm to my dog, I wouldn't cause harm to these pigs and chickens. So it was like that, it was that way for me with tigers and, lions and elephants like oh i mean i wouldn't want to cause harm to these animals so what makes them different from the animals that we farm so that from that once i made that connection it was like okay i'm done eating it <laughs> like wow and, that's great yeah. and like just to interject there's a there's a book by russell simmons called the happy vegan and if you've ever read it he talks just about what you said is that you don't have to be an animal lover to be vegan you just have to um, you just have to be somebody who fights for justice and exactly. you know fair treatment, right? So you don't have to, you don't have to love dogs or cats or or any of these animals. Honestly, you could you could hate animals, but you know just because I don't like somebody doesn't mean that I want them to suffer or exactly. have to go through. You know, <laughs> so it's it just comes down to that basic you know, uh, basic position of of you know justice for these animals that are suffering so much. Yeah, it's basically just. Um, realizing that you know you had to respect life in general it didn't matter right you know race color religion species any of that um, and I basically came, came to that connection there and from that point it just even skyrocketed more growth um, so you know I had, the animal connection is what really got me but again I was still interested in the nutrition so that's what um, I'm more so focused on even though I d have done some um, animal rights um, activism type stuff too. Um, cause I, you know, again, I'm vegan for the animals. That's what really got me <laughs> into this lifestyle. Um, just the nutrition just sparked the interest to even, even want to take a look. Um, so, but even at that point, I still wasn't, um, I still didn't know what to eat basically when I went vegan. So I was still, I was keeping it real simple. I was doing like the rice and beans and, you know, some vegetables. And, you know, I started to learn how to make some of my favorite dishes vegan, like spaghetti and like pizza and all that stuff. Um, but again, like, again, in the back of my mind, I still wanted that, that ideal diet for me. Something that just like, I, at that point, I couldn't even imagine what it would be like. I just knew it was out there. Right. 
So you got almost thrown off because you were doing all this research on the ideal diet. And then all of a sudden you come across uh, this animal rights speech and then it completely throws you onto the vegan train without, right. you know, completely satisfying that um, ideal lifestyle that you were envisioning. But was was it something that happened overnight? Once you watched that video, were you just like, okay, I'm vegan now, or was there still a transition period? It's, it was it was only a two week transfer. So I went fully plant based vegan for two weeks after that video, and then I visited my parents uh, in Maryland, and my dad loves this this steakhouse, um, Roof Chris. So they got like you know expensive steaks. So you know I went in there I was like, okay, I'll just get a steak. I mean, I try to like ignore what I know basically and then I got the steak um usually I'd like my steaks around like medium like you know not well done but not like too raw right <laughs> so um you know I got the steak and then it was cooked more well than I usually would get it and I you know I started eating it and then basically it just really hit home and I was like this is not even worth it like one the steak don't even taste good and like you know animal had to die for this Okay, I'm basically done. So, so from that point, um, you know, it was overnight, I guess yeah. you could say. And um, even if I didn't have full knowledge of exactly um, how I wanted to eat in the vegan world, and that's usually a lot of people's um, challenges in the beginning. But once you get over that, it's, it's smooth sailing. It's easy. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. There's always that like one or two month period where you don't really have any idea what the hell you're doing and (laughs) everyone goes through that. And for anyone listening who might be starting off on the vegan diet, you know, don't, don't be discouraged because the food that I was making when I first went vegan, (laughs) man, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like putting like pasta in a dish and like just putting like unseasoned tofu in there and like spices. And I'm like, all right, I guess this is the meal, you know? So (laughs) (laughs) I was the same way. Like, again, I was keeping it so simple, like literally rice and beans, yeah. and vegetables or like lentils and rice um you know eventually like you said pasta i was eventually doing like pasta and then just putting any kind of usually a lot of you can get a, a lot of accidental vegan tomato sauces and just oh yeah for there. sure uh, and you're all good yeah so it was real simple in the beginning but again and then so to go back into my health journey and so i was doing the just a regular vegan for a while. And, you know, again, I was getting better at it and I started learning more about the animals and advocating in that way too. But eventually I saw some people on Instagram, like eating fruit. They weren't even fully raw. They weren't even raw. Like, I didn't even know what a raw vegan was at this point. <laughs> like I didn't know that was possible to not eat anything cooked. Um, so they were just eating like a lot of fruit cause it was, it was part of this high carb craze. But instead of like carving up by eating like more bread or rice or uh, potatoes, they were doing it with fruit. And I was like, oh, I mean, I like fruit. <laughs> yeah. So I, I tried this. So I start eating the all fruit breakfast, um, just eating fruit for breakfast. And just my energy was like it skyrocketed. Digestion felt good. I just felt light in the morning, too. I didn't usually, you know, we're taught, oh, your, your breakfast is the most important meal. You got to eat this big, heavy breakfast to fuel you throughout your day. Um, right. But I realized I was having more energy by eating fruits that were a lot less dense. Um, so basically I eventually had taken it up to an all fruit lunch too. So I was eating fruit breakfast and I was eating like just bananas for lunch or something like seven, eight 
nine bananas at lunch and it felt great like amazing and like a friend had brought up to me who had went vegan around the same time as me uh, i was like oh you should look into you know being raw being a raw vegan and at this point again i still i've heard about it and like had maybe saw something on instagram i didn't fully get it i didn't think it was really possible like because we're so used to cooking our food and that's how i grew up it's every meal you cook it um you only really see fruit or salad as a side or a snack or something um but it did catch my interest and i was like okay um maybe i will look into it but at this point i was still a graduate assistant coach so i wasn't making a lot of money um, so I was like, oh, maybe after I finished my graduate degree and get a job, I'll be fully raw, you know, cause you know, we, we think fruit's expensive. Right. And, um, but it just really caught my interest. So again, I did the research. <laughs> so I researched, I got obsessed with the research and, um, you know, I came across the book, the 80, 10, 10 diet by Douglas Graham and then a couple other, you know, raw vegan books. And that really just opened my eyes and it was like, oh, like, oh, this is doable and it makes a lot of sense. You know, no, no other animal on the planet is cooks their food. Um, why do humans have to? I mean, isn't there a nature specific diet for the human species? And, you know, um, among other um, facts and logical things that were brought to my attention, and I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a try, even if I didn't feel like I had the funds or it was the right conditions for me to do it. And and I was almost already halfway there in the sense where I was already eating the all-fruit lunch and I was already eating the all-fruit breakfast. So all I had to do is work on the second half of my day. And, um, you know, I went from there. So that was around, um, that was over two years ago. Almost around this time, two years ago, when all this was happening. So... Basically, I went fully raw and I was able to do it in a very affordable way. I kept it really simple. I was able to get fruit from the the calf, the you know the my yeah. school's calf for free, basically, or just you know I would get like the salad bar, which is like two bucks, and just right, right. not get the salad, but just get like eight bananas or in like you know fifteen <laughs> oranges or something like wow. that. So I was able to save in that way and you start to realize when you, you know, you just put yourself out there, just things work out for you if that's what you really want. And, um, and I realized that that financial barrier wasn't really real. It was just an illusion that I had created. And once I kind of went through that, it just happened. And it's not, it's really not expensive. <laughs> um, I make it work. Right. So has it been for the full two years now that that you've been raw has there been any time in between where you've gone back to cook food or um yeah i've been about probably i would say 99.9 percent raw wow uh, within that time of course there would be um again through the transition period especially with the first maybe four or five months you know i was eating a little cooked food here and there just because you know i had the the had to go through challenges like okay eating enough and making sure you're um, stocked up on fruit so that will last you the week so you're not having these cravings or when you do um, you can you have food available right. <laughs> you're just not like going for something convenient right. um, and then 
and then after that period, you know, I may have, um, I had like a stretch where I was eating some cooked foods experiment, but, um, for the most part, you know, I've been fully raw for month stretches. Like, you know, I was, it was a period where I was fully raw for eight, nine months. And, um, and, and now, um, even though I hate to say like I'm a purist or even say that you have to be a purist, but at this point, I really feel as though this is like what I do. Like this, I, I, I don't have no, um, I really don't feel like I'm going back. Wow. So what is the difference between some people might know what raw vegan is, but not a lot of people know what fruitarian is. What is the main difference between raw vegan and fruitarian? So it's almost the same way when you look at vegan. Everyone thinks vegan is a diet, but there's so many different diets that fall under veganism. Um, and that's the same thing with just the raw vegan lifestyle. So many different ways you can do it. Um, you know, usually um, at one point it was very popular to do like the, the raw gourmet. So people were doing a lot of stuff that were nut and seed based. Um, and of course, like a lot of vegetables and some fruit. But, you know, since nuts and seeds are a little more caloric dense, um, they find that more convenient to fill themselves up. But I actually get most of my calories from fruit because um, uh, when you look at fruits, it's also pretty caloric dense, not in the same senses of a lot of other foods, but it is more caloric dense than, say, vegetables. It's, you really can't base your whole diet off leafy green vegetables and right. your cru- cruciferous vegetables because there's you know again you have to eat so much to do so um with fruit it's a little more caloric dense and i can really base my diet it's very vibrant very hydrating foods um so again about 90 as a fruitarian about 90 percent of my calories comes from um, fruit and then the other 10 percent are usually coming from leafy green vegetables also in this raw state and you know, a small amount of nuts and seeds as well. I usually keep it um, pretty low fat. It's a more of a high carb diet too. So it's a high carb, raw vegan lifestyle. Right. So the extra kind of 10% is to supplement. I mean, this is just from my perspective is to kind of just add in like some of those um, minerals like iron and stuff like that, that I feel like maybe aren't as, uh, as concentrated in, in fruit foods or. Exactly. Yeah. It's the, the, the vegetables and the, the nuts and seeds are more of a, a supplement to a fruit. Um, but the fruit is just the, it's the main thing is the go-to. That's, that's what I love advocating. That's what I love to eat. And I, I believe fruit is, um, the most ideal food for the human species and where most of your calories should be coming from. Um, yeah. Well, it definitely makes sense in the way of, if you think about as humans, how we've evolved, you know, fruit is just hanging from a tree ready to go, you know, so you can just grab it and, and go where some of these other things like rice and wheat, um, were needed to be cultivated. And, you know, those really didn't come along until, until we started, um, you know, doing uh, renewable agriculture. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, like, you know, again, when we look at, um, the human body and the human anatomy, we, we see our hands are the perfect size for grabbing fruit right off the tree. And then, you know, again, we see in color, um, you look at all right. plant eaters there, they see in color and especially frugivores. Um, we really see color. So we see the, the, the bright colors of the fruits on trees and that attracts us to it. 
We smell it. It's very easy to peel for us. Our digestive enzymes are designed for fruit um, because we have the carbohydrate digestive enzymes. Um, but yeah, yeah, those, those are definitely logical things that helped me kind of like put it together. I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is, it makes sense. Makes like sense, I yeah. can do this. So what about things like beans? Do you any, do you, uh, do any like sprouted beans or anything or? Yeah, I'll do some occasional sprouts too. I'm not against the sprouts either. The sprouts are very, they're, they're a living food too, literally. Like they, you know, you literally sprout the bean and it's starting its life and they grow a new plant. Uh, so yeah, the sprouts are definitely, um, I incorporate those. Cool. Now I, I know personally I can attest to when I'm eating more whole foods, um, in their most natural state and just adding very little, you know, oil or anything processed, how amazing I personally feel. And you talked about it a little bit, but you know, what do you think, uh, just kind of go a little bit more into detail about how you feel when, when you eat this raw, more fruit-based diet compared to maybe earlier in your journey of veganism, you know, kind of still cooking food and stuff like that. What are the biggest differences you've felt within yourself Okay, I can go into that. So when I first went vegan and you know dropped the meat, dropped the dairy, dropped the eggs, um, I already felt amazing. Like you, know, you feel great once you go vegan. Right. <laughs> you, you, you you let go of the the foods that are dead and decaying and mucus forming and extremely acidic. So yes, you're gonna feel great when you when you drop those stuff and you start eating more plants in general. It doesn't even matter what kind of plants you're almost eating. Um, as long as you're eating enough. <laughs> yeah, true. So, Very true. Um, I, I felt great. You know, I had um, just felt lighter in general, which was amazing. And, you know, just, just, you know, also felt more connected because, like, I wasn't, uh, you know, eating animals and um, participating in that harm. So, again, you, you, you lose that guilt that you weren't really seeing, that subconscious guilt that you didn't know was there until you stopped eating the meat. So I felt great going vegan, but again, like I said, I wanted to find that that ideal diet for me that was just like, wow, it's like there's levels to it. Like I knew there was like different levels to health. So, um, you know, I felt good. And then again, like when I said I got into the fruit breakfast and the the fruit lunches, you know, again, I was feeling even lighter. You know, digestion was a little better. It was it was everything was moving well and um, and then when I eventually tackled fully raw veganism, I was, you know, doing the fruitarian life and, um, that's when I really kind of, things opened up for me spiritually in that sense. And again, I had the lightness feeling, I felt less dense mentally, you know, I had the mental clarity, um, to, and what it really did was calm my mind in a way so I can actually take a step back and look at what was happening objectively within myself and within the world. Right. And, you know, again, my energy was way up because just when you're eating foods that, that produce less metabolic waste and your body doesn't have to spend as much energy digesting food, you're just going to have more energy in general. Um, and plus you're not just, uh, you're lowering the load on your digestive system. And so again, my sleep was better. 
energy was better, mental clarity, you know, spiritually, I felt more connected because I was eating foods that were um, from the earth and weren't processed at all. Uh, so again, that connects, I felt connected in that way even more so. And um, yeah, those are just big things, just the, especially the, the spiritual um, awakening in the sense mm-hmm. where it was like, wow. Yeah. Life is like this. This is how life is. Right. I think a lot of people (laughs) don't realize that is that transitioning to this lifestyle is so much more than just a diet. Almost every uh, person who's who's transitioned over to a plant-based diet that I've talked to has gone through the same experience of describing how their mind opens up to a completely new world and new way of seeing things. And it's really almost like you're breaking down all the walls that have been built up your whole life. And then it's just like 100% vision, like you've never seen before. <laughs> right. And it's, it's almost, it's hard to describe unless you've actually felt it. But for me, right after I, I went vegan, it was like, all of a sudden I just had this, what I felt was this intense connection with the earth, with animals, with other people. It was, it was so incredible and, and almost, um, uh, <laughs> almost otherworldly in a sense of just like I'd never experienced a feeling like this before. And all of a sudden I just had, it it was like my brain was rewired in a way to think differently. And, you know, potentially, potentially it was, I would love to see some studies on this. You know, I think that there should be some scientific uh, research studies on this topic because it's so common from what I've heard from other people and in my story included that, I think that if people could see like the scientific like data on this, they'd be like, Oh wow, there really is something to this beyond it just being a diet for general health. Right. Well, um, again, so going back into that and adding to that and with my experience with, especially with the raw foods, also my emotional well being was, was changing too. Like I, I was more aware and um, conscious of my emotions and why were they happening? And again, that calm mind too. So, I mean, food is very powerful. You know, like they said, what about like, you know, 90% of our serotonin is produced in our gut. You know, a lot of those feel good emotions and the way we feel also uh, plays a role in how we see the world and how we see what's happening to us. You know, perception is uh, very powerful. You know, how you're looking at things. Uh, Because, you know, it's not that the world had changed when I started eating these food, the world was the same exact way, just the way I was looking at it, the way I was looking at um, the things that I had been told um, changed. And then in that sense, just changed or more so allowed me to be who I was. I don't really try to say that these foods like changed me. I just felt like it just, it got rid of the distractions. It broke down the obstructions that were causing me not to see what was really there, you know, creating illusions in a way. So these foods allow me to be who I am. They're not, they didn't change me to who, to make me who I was today. I'm already, I was already this person that was um, compassionate, that uh, cared about the earth, that was connected to everything. Um, I was already that even before I consciously knew that. Right. So yeah. just broke down the barriers. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. This is me. <laughs> I couldn't agree with that more. I feel like I've always been a compassionate person. And, and like you said, it, it really, it brought you back to like your natural state, right? It didn't actually change you. It just, uh, allowed you to see 
who you've been this whole time. Exactly. Wow. That's powerful stuff. And I think that in the back of your mind, you always knew it. Like the bus driver pointed it out to you and then it just took you going through this journey of being able to find it yourself. And that's a very powerful thing. If you're able to really find out who you are in this life, your raw, true self, you know, once Mm -hmm. you can establish that, figure out who that is and not only figure it out, but then have love for that person. So powerful. I mean, that puts you in the place to really create the life you want from there because once you're comfortable with who you are, you can go forth and and surround yourself with other like-minded people and situations that are going to take you down so many more amazing paths. Definitely, definitely. That's why I always like bringing up that bus driver story. Yeah. It shows how it's all connected Um, because that really did, you know, almost jumpstart the whole thing. I mean, again, my whole life is played into where I'm at now, but that was a critical moment I felt. Um, but definitely, definitely. Cool, man. That's good to look back on. And you're a health and lifestyle coach now. Is this, um, transition that you went through, through the, the raw vegan diet of finding these emotional strengths and these spiritual strengths that you discovered, did that play into, being a health and lifestyle coach now, was that kind of the, the catalyst or the inspiration to want to go down that route? Definitely, definitely. So, you know, once I started getting to the raw foods, it was like, okay, uh, I don't, um, I don't, I want to do something that I just enjoy. Like, I don't want to, you know, work for big corporations um, and work for someone or do something that I really just didn't care too much about. I I just didn't feel like that's how life should be lived like. And I realized, especially realized that on the raw foods, it's helped me see it even clearer. Um, And then, you know, you know, again, on social media, I started posting about my lifestyle and, you know, a lot of people started asking me questions about health and, you know, you know, what to eat and how should I eat? Okay. They're inspired about what I'm doing. And, um, so I realized, you know, I had a, a gift in that sense of, you know, being able to hear people's, um, their aspirations and goals and helping them towards that. Um, so, you know, again, I love the raw foods, uh, but like how I said it earlier, I don't feel as though it's the raw foods or the foods in general uh, for anyone even if they're not wrong, they're still having success with how they eat and helping them, their mindset. I don't necessarily think it's the foods that are doing it. It's, the foods are just kind of getting out of your way. You're just not eating foods that are messing with you right. <laughs> mentally and uh, emotionally, you know, with all the processed stuff and the pesticides and herbicides, that, that stuff messes with your head. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's, it's what really gets gets me going is like the the mindset and the mindfulness that comes with living not even the food the food is like it's almost uh i wouldn't even say complimentary because it's very vital and very important about what you're eating but it's like the the food isn't the method the food isn't the goal your goal shouldn't be oh i just want to eat healthy like but why do you want to eat healthy right um you know every i think what people want is that that, that mental clarity, that calm mind, um, so they can, you know, make decisions for themselves. They can be who they are truly. Um, they can't, so they're not being affected by other people's opinions on them. Right. Um, and that's why, 
um, you know, I'm health and lifestyle. I think that lifestyle is very important to build lifestyles. You need the, the right mindset. You need, um, you know, you got to approach it. You got to change your uh, perspective um, or even your perception on how you see yourself and how you see your health. Um, so that's, that's what I'm big on because that's the big realization that I had with the food. I, 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 I realized it wasn't the food. It was me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm the vibe. Right. It wasn't the fruit that was the vibe. I mean, the fruit, the fruit is the vibe too. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fruit and very powerful, very healing. But the thing is, the human being also is that too. You know. Yeah. Um. So I love helping people um, explore that and realize that for themselves. That's amazing. I don't think people realize how good they're actually supposed to feel in their natural state, you know, right. right? People go around <laughs> and they, Oh, this hurts and this hurts and I'm tired and et cetera. And, and they don't realize that that's not how you're supposed to feel on a daily basis. That's not normal. It's um, not, you normal know, we've created a society where it's become normal and, you know, for survival, the body is amazing and the mind is amazing at, you know, adapting to survive and kind of toughening mm-hmm. it out but that's not ideally where it wants to be. And I wish everyone could feel the feeling of when you eat these kinds of foods and when you have this, this mindset, um, how amazing it is to just wake up every day and just feel incredible and have energy and, you know, wake up grateful and not complaining. And there's so many other Mm -hmm. things that tie into it. And so I wish everyone could feel that feeling once because I feel like a lot of people then would realize how important it is to, um, you know, buy into, into this healthy lifestyle, including the, the fresh fruits and vegetables and the mindset and everything like that. Because I think right now a lot of people are still skeptical or they're just too much in their excuses of why they don't want to do it. I think that, it's just not quite gained enough traction in the, in the mainstream for people to be like, well, everyone else is doing it. So I need to do it, but we're getting there. We're getting yeah, there. Like, uh, you know, our standard is so low. Like you, like you hit it right on point. Like people think it's normal to be, you know, waking up groggy and having all these aches and pains. And again, like, you know, I, I talked about my nagging injuries all through college. And then after I finished playing, um, I still like knees were still bummed and, ankles bummed, my, you know, back was always hurting. I always had to go to the chiropractor to get fixed up. And, um, you know, when I started getting into the raw foods, these pains aren't there anymore. And I'm older. Right. I mean, I'm not that old, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like, again, I was older than I was when I was in college. I was like, I shouldn't be, you know, 22, 23 years old and having these pains. I feel like I'm like 70. Right. Yeah, definitely. No, <laughs> and, uh, absolutely not. It's you know, not normal. I mean, well, being an athlete, yeah, you're, there's always going to be risk for injury, but on a daily basis, you shouldn't be feeling like that, especially at a young age. So, right. So now it's just like, I don't have these pains anymore. Wow. And again, it's only, you know, a few years after, um, uh, yeah, it's been a few years and a couple of years since after I was coaching. Um, but yeah, coaching basketball at that. I still, I'm, I'm a health coach now, so I still coach, which right. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to do that. Just switched over <laughs> to a different kind of coaching. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about a typical day of eating for you. What are some of your staple fruits, uh, some of your staple vegetables, stuff like that? 
Okay, yeah, I, I, I love answering this question because, well, I've experimented so much within <laughs> this raw diet. And again, like it's, like I said, there's so many different ways you can do it, so different, different ways you can eat. And, uh, you know, when I first started out, I kept it real simple because uh, you had to learn about how, how to eat this way. Um, so, you know, usually I would do like a fruit breakfast, um, which would have been, um, let's just say oranges, especially cause I did my transition when I first went raw vegan, it was winter. It was the winter time going into the spring. So, you know, I was doing like cantaloupes or usually I was doing like cantaloupes or oranges for breakfast. So I'm like, I would do like three cantaloupes for breakfast or I would do like, you know, 10 to 12 oranges for breakfast. And, you know, for lunch, kept it real simple. I would just do like eight to 12 bananas. Um, and then if I needed a snack, I would eat some dates, you know, eating more caloric dense fruits. And those are good staples too, like the bananas and dates, especially if you're first starting out. Yeah, definitely. Those are great, great fruits because, you know, they fill you up more than say like the melons and the berries and, um, you know, like apples and um, even some of the more exotic fruits, less you know, like so water like, dense, a little bit more, uh, kind of almost like starchy in a way. Yeah. You know, it's definitely a more sweeter fruit. The, the sweet, the, the sweetest fruits are the better ones to start out with. Okay. Um, so I was doing maybe some dates for a snack when I was hungry. Then I would do like a huge family size salad. Um, and then that would be like a whole, you know, like a whole head of, romaine lettuce and maybe another leafy green like a whole bunch of kale and then uh, you know whatever tomatoes and um, you know the non-sweet fruits you know tomatoes cucumbers bell peppers um, and then I'll make my own dressings um, and that would be like a day when I first started out but the way I eat now it's you know definitely re- refined a lot <laughs> and I'm you know I'm real excited especially the way I've been eating of late too um Basically, what I do now is I, you know, I've incorporated juicing in my life. And I did that over a year and a half ago. I first started getting the juicing, but now even more so. So I would start my day off. I would intermittent fast. I wouldn't start eating. The earliest I would start is around 10 a.m. That's the earliest, but it usually is not till 11 noon until um, I would consume my first juice. And it would be a 32-ounce juice. It will be either... And all fruit juice, it'd be like 32 ounces of orange juice or grape juice. Or it would be just a green juice, which would have like, you know, kale, apple, celery. Right. And, um, and we're know, talking fresh juice here, guys. We're not talking uh, Tropicana <laughs> or Welch's. So, yeah, fresh juice. I got my own juicer. You know, I'm buying the buying the produce fresh and every, every day throwing stuff in my juicer. Takes only about 15, 20 minutes just to juice it. Just as long as it would take for anyone to you know, crack open their eggs and bacon and put it on a frying pan and yep. make it like, it might even be quicker, to be honest. Um, so I do, you know, 32 ounces of the juice to start off. Um, and that is usually after my workout too. So like, you know, again, this is like 10, 11 noon. So I already had the whole morning to myself to do my journaling and, you know, meditate and, you know, work out. Um, so it's after the workout, I'm juicing. And so maybe about an hour and a half, two hours later, I'll do another 32 ounce juice. And that's usually another green juice. Um, so basically three hours into eating or three hours into my eating window, um, I'm already 64 ounces of juice in, like crazy hydrated, uh, nutrient dense 
as you can ever believe. Like, you know, this, this is just, it's stripping away the fibers. So you're just, you're just drinking and your body's quickly absorbing it and it's all good. So, and then after that, um, I, I would either do a mono meal of fruit. So a mono meal was, it's kind of like what I explained how I used to eat when I first was transitioning. Like I would just do a meal of like 12 oranges or a meal of, you know, eight bananas or something like that. So I'd do like a, a mono meal, a fruit meal. So lately it's either been either grapes or papaya. Um, pretty much those two. Um, those are kind of like my favorites right now. So I either do a grape or papaya meal or I would make a smoothie. I might just do a smoothie and not even do the fruit meal. Uh, but again, smoothie would be mostly fruit. And, um, you know, they throw some, like, I don't know, like a cashew butter or something, you know, raw cashew butter or something like that. But it's usually a fruit-based smoothie. And then I would end my night with a huge salad. Um, so especially we're getting into the colder season right now. So definitely different than I would do it in the summertime. Yeah. So you see, you know, how I explain how I ate is very, um, it's very green. There's a lot of greens I'm, I'm putting in right now. Um, again, so because, you know, the fruits aren't as abundant. You know, again, you know, we live, you know, in the United States and we do have fruit available all year round. Even fruits that aren't necessarily in season, they still come in the, you know, we're still able to import them in. Um, so it's still the fruits out there. But again, I don't feel it's the, again, I don't like buying fruits too out of season. Right. So, um, you know, I focus on the greens because they're a little more, uh, again, mineral dense and I'm able to supplement in that way, uh, especially during this time where I don't, I'm stuck with, you know, just a smaller, um, smaller group of fruits like the apples and the, um, you know, grapes, even though those are very powerful fruits. I, I really realize you think they're just like normal fruits that everyone eats. And that's how I thought too especially when I went raw, I, I even dismissed some fruits when I first went raw. Oh, wow. I was like, yeah, these, fr- these fruits aren't nothing. They're just apples. <laughs> they're, they're just grapes. But when Mainstream I realized fruits. how really <laughs> powerful these fruits are, um, like I, I'll mono meal some apples, like the opal apples are my favorite. Yeah. Um, and again, I'll, I'll put down a whole bowl of grapes, a big bowl by myself. Um, and so, you know, back to my day of eating, I did the, I would end it with a salad, and that's how I've been doing it now. Just the 64 ounces of juice, a fruit meal or a smoothie, and then a big salad. Um, Super so simple. So, again, there's so many variables, so many factors. I, like, I change it depending on the season. That's what makes it this lifestyle fun, too, because, you know, fruits come in and out of season. And, right. Um, again, if you live in a colder climate, you might have to adjust in a different way, say, if you were in a warmer climate all year. Um, so, Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be my biggest uh my biggest struggle if I tried to eat a, a fruitarian diet is in the wintertime I just I love like hot food. It just warms my soul. But <laughs> I'm sure like, you know, it it definitely uh feels better to stick with with the raw foods, but like for me lately I've been making a lot of soup. Now it's all mm-hmm. it's all from whole foods, but it is right. it is heated up, so so I wanna ask you what is the biggest myth that you hear about the fruitarian diet? And then if you can just <laughs> dispel that. 
Um, usually, you know, you get the thing about too much sugar. I mean, that's the very that's a very simple one. Like, oh, you're eating all this fruit. Um, you know, aren't you worried about your sugar? Too much sugar. You know, sugar causes you know blood sugar problems and diabetes and causes you to gain weight. And uh, again, like again, we this is when you really got to take a step back. <laughs> you really got to take a step back and keto culture. Really think about what you're what you're talking about, what you're saying. Like, really, is you know, watermelon and bananas and uh, grapes and apples making people obese? Like, really? Like, right. yeah. Is, is, are these fruits is really what's causing people to be have type two diabetes and and As all this like a burger and a diet and all that stuff? Yeah, exactly. Um, so to kind of debunk it is like, um, again, these. These these fruits are made up of simple sugars, um, simple carbohydrates, and you know sugar has almost got a bad rep in general. Just because we got we're in the age where we got the processed foods, we got the you know the cokes, the sodas, and we got the the processed pastries, and you know we got all these candies out here that aren't good for you, obviously. But what had happened was somehow over the years that fruit got clumped in with all those and people just say, oh, all sugar is bad. Sugar is sugar. And I got that before when I would explain this, especially early on in my journey. They're like, oh, sugar sugar, though. Like, it really, right. <laughs> like people really not. believe that. Um, so what, what people fail to realize is that every cell in your body needs glucose or needs right simple sugar i mean what's sugar is a carbohydrate what's a carbohydrate is basically carbon is in the name your, your body consists of over 60 percent carbon like your body needs carbon where you get carbon from right. like where you think you're getting it from <laughs> <laughs> you're getting them from carbohydrates yeah. um it's the body's preferred energy system you know the whole keto uh, craze that's going on right now and i'm just like your body doesn't want to convert fats into energy it does that on a very, very slow time schedule when you're like sitting around the house or doing something that is very uh, low intensity energy, that's when you're going to be burning fats because it takes such a long time for your body to go through the process of taking fat and then converting it into glucose is right. what it's actually doing. So our body runs off of glucose. That is our energy system. We store it in our um, in our muscles and in our liver in the form of glycogen, and we store it in our blood for quick release for when we need to do anything active. So no matter what, your energy source is always going to be glucose. Your body's just either going to take it from what you have in your blood, what's stored in your muscles, um, convert fat into it, or in severe situations, convert protein into glucose. So no matter what, your body is always going to take your food and convert it into glucose for energy. So, right. So, you know, a lot of people don't even understand that. I, I tried just to break it down to the most simplest way. Even I broke it down to the molecular level, talking about actual carbon atom. Um, so basically, you know, so you want to, you want to run on glucose. So what what's the, the most, um, accessible form of glucose or the easiest to break down for the body? You got your simple, sugar which is found in fruit and the special the thing that's special with fruit is that it it's not just sugar like it's coming with it's the whole food is coming with the water um and the, the living water 
is coming with the fiber um, and all the micronutrients, um, the vitamins and minerals that come with the fruit. So when you consume that, um, the, the water and the fiber in the fruit helps slow down the absorption of the sugar into the bloodstream. So you're not getting those peaks in blood sugar. I mean, um, and especially in combination with the low fat diet. So usually the, people get blood sugar problems because they're eating a combination of sugar and fat, which is mm -hmm. usually found in your, you know, especially your baked good, like your, your cookies and, you know, all that kind of stuff, which I bet is amazing. Ice creams and things like that. Hamburger. Um, yeah, hamburger. On a white bun, so, that's, you know, what, 40, 40 grams of what's going to be sugar and just in the bun and then, you know, what, like exactly. 10 grams yeah. of saturated fat. Right. Yep. You're exactly right. So that combination is what messes with the, um, the insulin process and the, um, you know, just the blood sugar problem in general. I can get real scientific with it, but I don't want to. Just the combination just really messes up the blood sugar. Right. And so you want to eat your, if you're eating fruit on its own, just the fruit, no fats consumed with it or even beforehand, you're going to have a normal process of you know blood entering i mean the sugar entering the blood and your blood taking it to every cell in your body and giving it the, the energy it needs um so quick in quick out is usually when you had the fat the fat is almost stopping it from exiting the blood um then your body has to work overtime for it to you know clean it out because you don't want you don't want sugar in your blood because then it ferments and that's not good either and um so basically i mean people like if say someone comes up to me with type two diabetes or blood sugar problems, the thing I would tell them to do is to eat fruit, not avoid it. And usually, you know, doctors get caught up in just masking the symptoms or not looking at the cause. They're not looking at the root cause of what's going on. Uh, so they say, Oh, you know, this person uh, has type two diabetes and they're not, um, you know, they got their blood sugars all messed up. Uh, so they got they blame the sugar, they blame the messenger, but the sugar is just the messenger, it's just telling you that something wrong because uh, the sugar is supposed to get to the cells, not supposed to stay in the blood. So how the sugar is not the problem? There's something underlying, and again, there's so many variables to this. It's not just the fat content. Again, it's also the weakness in the adrenal glands and the kidneys and um, the pancreas, the liver. It, it, it's you're all out of whack if if you you have type two diabetes and it ain't the fruit that's causing your your adrenals to be shot uh your liver and pancreas not to be functioning um if anything is going to heal you is going to help heal it especially if you're eating it exclusively um you know maybe with some greens leafy greens some other foods uh, but yeah people have used the fruitarian diet to actually heal diabetes to reverse type 2 diabetes um yeah if you look at some of the people who are mastering diabetes um, they're out there having people eat fruit and reverse their diabetes. Wow. So, yeah, I agree, one hundred percent. I think that we're definitely backwards in. You know, I'm I'm not a doctor by any means, but just from what I've seen and known, as far as doctors receiving nutritional education, it's very, very, very little. And I think that a lot of these recommended diets for these diseases really exclude 
some of the foods that heal the body 100%. And that's not to say that, you know, if you're on medications or something that you should just go out right away and just start eating all this stuff, you know, you still have to make sure that, you know, certain stuff can interact with your medications. You know, you should still talk to your doctor, but I think that there should definitely be more talk and more research done into how uh, whole plant foods can heal the body 100%. So definitely, definitely you should, you know, foods should more so be definitely a, um, an option that is definitely giving to a lot of people suffering with ailments or illnesses. Um, but they're just not, cause that's not what the doctor knows. And again, not what the doctor's really paid to do. I mean, they're not, they're not, um, you know, educated in nutrition and healing through foods and prevention through foods. Um, you know, we kind of separated, um, diet and lifestyle from, um, the medical field. And that's just, you know, that's why we have these problems instead of integrating them together. I'm not saying there's no need for medicine. There's no need for doctors or surgeries. Um, but again, there's, you know, some more logical ways we, and a logical approaches we can take um, <laughs> and getting underneath. And that logical approach is be going to the root cause. You know, um, you, like we're, we're trying to heal lifestyle diseases through pills right. and, and that kind of stuff. And that's just not going to work. No, you, you can't, definitely not. You can't, you can't reverse the lifestyle disease with a pill. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. You just change your lifestyle um in a sense and again there are some diseases are that aren't necessarily lifestyle it might be more um you know developed whether genetically or just you know being exposed to you know maybe some chemicals or stuff like that but again um for the most part a lot of it is it's preventable and that's what almost makes it um kind of like not upsetting but you know it's just like damn you just (laughs) yeah 100%. 100%. I mean, you, 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 let's, let's change a few things in your life and see how this works for you. Yeah. I think that there's, uh, luckily some change happening right now in that regard. Uh, some good doctors out there doing amazing work. Uh, nutritionfacts.org, Dr. Gregor, amazing, uh, physicians committee for responsible medicine. So check those out guys. If you're listening, great resources to start with, um, MDs who are, who are changing up the game as far as providing, you know, preventative medicine through diet. But, well, we're going to wrap it up here shortly, man. But before that, we're going to play a little game. And uh, I'm just calling this the fruit game because I really don't have a better name for it. But (laughs) being a fruit expert, uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to name out some common fruits that people eat in America. And I want you to come up with a somewhat uh, similar fruit that people might want to try instead has to be available in the United States, but it can be anything exotic, uncommon, uh, et cetera. And just list the name and describe it a little bit. All right? All right. Sounds good to me. Cool. All right. So we're going to start with like probably the number one staple, banana. <laughs> um, let's go date. You want to eat some dates because, again, that's another caloric dense fruit. Um, and if you never had a date before, it's, you know, it's, it's usually sometimes slightly dry. There are fresh dates too. It's more common to have the dried dates. Um, they're brown. They have like a pitta inside. Extremely sweet, like a banana too. They're both sweet. Cool. Yeah, I love dates. I eat them every day. Put them in my smoothie. I've made like um, a base 
for like raw dessert, like a raw cheesecake, you can do um like right. walnuts and dates, just like put in the food processor. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Amazing crust. All right, cool. Let's go to the next one. It's gonna be grape. Uh so what's similar to a grape would be almost like a rambutan or a lychee. It's more of a tropical fruit. You can get them in the States. Um and they usually they're kind of like ball like. A lychee will be definitely ball like. Um and you take the shell off and it's like a very water dense sweet kind of white ball type thing and it has a seed inside it's real sweet rambutan very similar kind of in the same family as a lychee but it's a little more it's red and it has like kind of like hair not hair but it makes like spikes sound look good it's spikes but it's it's not like hard spikes they're just like it's almost like tentacle like but it's a pretty fruit, especially if you open it up and it's white. It's real pretty. Yeah, I've, I've had Ramadan before. When I was in Costa Rica, that you would just like find them like uh, like laying, just you know everywhere, like on on the gr- <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> on the ground. I'm just like, okay, cool. And like definitely an interesting fruit. And yeah, I would say it, it actually it has a similar taste to a grape, almost like a grape and an apple, if I can if I remember correctly. But I haven't had it for a while. Yeah, it's just real unique. It might be kind of like that mix i'm bad with describing taste i'm like not good at doing that i'm just like oh what does a papaya taste like uh, <laughs> tastes like a papaya right I, I don't well, know everything tastes good it. good to you you know <laughs> any of the fruits so <laughs> right all right let's go with uh strawberry strawberry you might want to try wild blueberries and uh i mean you can get them you, you can probably get them frozen from like whole foods it's hard to get actual like fresh wild blueberries actually go in the wild and get yourself some blueberries. Um, but they're a very healing food, very powerful. Um, different than, of course, your normal blueberries that have been harvested. You want to get wild blueberries because wild blueberries are, they're said that they survive like almost any kind of conditions out, like in cold climates. Like oh, wow. they can be burned, they can be, you know, frozen and frosted, and they, they're still surviving. That, that's, that's, that's how you know the fruit is powerful yeah. in itself. If the whole, the, the plant that is growing them is still surviving through all of that. Wow. Um, so I think according to the medical medium, I like a lot of his books. He called wild blueberries um, the the resurrection food. So if you're really trying to like resurrect, you know, you, everyone's in the zombie mode. You, you really want to <laughs> liven up, give yourself some wild blueberries. If you're really like down with some sickness, like add that to your diet. Um, definitely. Wow. Yeah. So if you want to prevent being a zombie and if you also want to, you know, stock up for the zombie apocalypse, blueberries are uh, your way to go, I guess. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the next one is going to be pineapple. Pineapple. Hmm. Let's see. Um, What's similar to a pineapple? Um, I mean, I'd probably go with coconut. It's not really similar, but it's like the other... You know, usually you think of pina colada, you know, pineapple. So, like, with, with the coconut, eat, I'm more so talking about the water. Coconut water, very hydrating. Um, also, a big thing is, like, I know I didn't really even talk about this in, like, what I eat, but I, I don't drink water either. Oh, like, wow. And I think that that's, like, crazy to some people. Like, oh, you don't drink water? You got to be dehydrated. I, I eat living water. All the water I eat, yeah, water, I do the juices. Um, you know, I, I drink very minimal amounts of water. I can't say I never drink water. I mean, I haven't drank, I definitely haven't drank water in the past three weeks. Wow. <laughs> but for the past like 
eight months, I've drank a very small amount of water and only in certain situations. Um, and then actually when I was in the Philippines, like in April, I didn't drink water at all. And it's, you know, scorching hot in the Philippines. All I was doing was drinking coconut water uh, and eating fruit. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you're, well, you're probably getting the best water cause you, you know, you're getting all the, the nutrients and stuff like that and all the, you know, electrolytes and everything. So you, yeah, you got, you got the ideal water. water. <laughs> yeah. It was living water too. Yeah. That's, that's a whole nother topic of discussion. Um, the living water in our normal water that we say we get out of the tap. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't even want, <laughs> even I don't even want to think water. about it. <laughs> right. I should, but all right, let's move on to the next one. It's going to be an orange. Orange. You, I mean, citrus fruits are amazing. They're very astringent and they're going to help pull a lot of free radicals from the body. And, um, you know, I'll just see what's, what's my favorite citrus fruit out there. I'm big at juicing them. Um, but let's go like sumo mandarins are really good. They're going to be in season soon. If not already, they might be at the stores already. They're kind of like a, they're called sumo because it's almost, it looks like a almost, you know how a sumo wrestler is usually kind of a little wide set and a little ball like and has the head. Yep. Uh, like a ball head. It's almost what this fruit looks like. It's like a ball and then it's a little ball on top that's kind of like the where the stem had connected to it. And it has it'll have some like leaves coming off it too. It's a pretty citrus fruit and it tastes good. Uh sumo mandarin, give it a try this winter. It's citrus season coming up. Cool. Yeah, I'm a fan of uh pomelos. Oh yeah, yeah, those are good too. Those yeah. are like a, almost a grapefruit, but very, a lot sweeter. Yeah, it's like a better grapefruit. It's like not a yeah. bitter, yeah. bitter one. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, they're they're, uh, they're smaller. Like they look bigger, but there's a lot of um, kind of fluff in between, like the the exterior shell and then the fruit itself. So it's not. Don't be deceived by the appearance of it because it's not as big, but it's it's ten times more delicious. Right. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go with the last one here. This is one of my favorites. Um, avocado. Oh yeah, the the famous avocado. I love avocados. Who like who doesn't, right? Um and that's again more of a fatty fruit. Um and so you get, you know, essential fatty acids, which is great too, a little more grounding. So let me try to compare it to another fatty fruit. Kind of like a, a durian, I guess. I mean, durian is not as fatty. So, like, a, a avocado is probably around, like, what, 75% fat and macronutrients, yeah. I guess. You know, durian would be more so around, like, 30%. Um, usually fruits are, like, below 10%. You know, they're not really fat dense. Um, but a durian is more, more fatty. Uh, but it is very delicious. Usually... What it looks like is very spiky, like real spiky. So like you can actually hurt yourself almost holding it in a sense. Um, and it's brown, but when you when you cut it open, it has like bulbs in it. That's like almost um, like a whitish yellow, like a custard kind of looking um, bulb. It actually tastes like custard if you get a real good one. Huh. Um, but usually when people try, they either love it or they hate it. Yeah. Like. Within the fruitarian community, you know, most fruitarians literally like are obsessed with durian. Um, they they do taste good. I like them too. They're not like my favorite, but um, they do taste delicious. They either uh, you know people either says it stinks because it does have a unique smell to it. Yeah, that's what I've heard. If it smells bad, it's usually not the greatest one. It should smell pretty good, like and it should taste good. It shouldn't taste bad. If it tastes 
like I guess ag, you kind of get that description. <laughs> so I hope that doesn't deter people, but that's just because they have a bad one. Right. So you got the good one. It's going to taste like custard. Like it really does taste really good. Um, so yeah, that's I guess something you can give a try. Cool. Well, you you heard it here first, guys. If you get a durian and it smells bad, then you're just not getting a good durian. So stop complaining. <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 awesome man well thank you so much uh where can people uh find you online uh um i do most of my um connecting on instagram you know um so you find me at dave silverall on instagram also you know my website is dave silverall.com and um you know i've been not really on youtube i have a youtube channel don't post really that much but i'm looking to get back into it so Check me out on YouTube in the future. Not right now. But, you know, if you really want to see what I'm up to, check me out on IG. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. And I wish you the absolute best of luck on your upcoming trip here to Southeast Asia. And really glad that we could connect uh, here in Pittsburgh before you left. And glad that I could have you on the show to talk about the power of plants and mindset and all the other good stuff that we covered today. So yeah, thanks a lot, Jake, man. It was, it was definitely a pleasure. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll stay in touch for sure. And thanks again for having me on the show. Absolutely, man. All right. Take care guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. If you enjoyed the content of this episode, please leave me a rating and review on iTunes. It helps so much to spread this message as far as it can go. And don't forget to share this podcast with a family member or friend, somebody you think would gain value from this message. If you guys want to stay up to date on podcasts, giveaways, and the Vegan Manly Man movement, visit my website, www.theveganmanlyman.com, and sign up for my newsletter. My name is Jake Singer, and this is the Vegan Manly Man Podcast.